All right, all right. You guys know what time it is. So, hey, let's start the show with the brand new intro. This is DWMOD. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Stay with me now. Hey, the Pistons are scrappy, but it's quickly looking like we got all our balls in that lottery bag. Down! Hut! 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 Hey, it's 2023, and they still haven't put Sweet Lou Whitaker in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Knock it off. Ready? Aw, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid Super Bowl! Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut! Hut! For everybody that was laughing at Dan Campbell, he has delivered everything that he has promised. And now the NFL world is bathing in the grit and drinking the Kool-Aid of the Detroit Lions. The man is the coach of the year. Everybody's up in arms about a college football playoff expansion. Make it 8, make it 10, make it 16, it doesn't matter. In five years, the two super conferences known as the SEC and the B1G will have their own individual playoffs, and those two teams will meet in the college Super Bowl. Bet on it. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hey everybody, it's time for Disagree With Me or Don't. That's DWMOD, and as always, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Hey, I just want to say a big thanks to everybody that responded on our social media with well wishes and congratulations. And man, I'm going to say it again, we couldn't be more excited to be part of the Honest Sports Network here moving forward. It is going to be fun. We cannot wait to get rolling on that. We got a great show for you this week. Again, we'll have our guests Andy St. Clair and Anthony Finelli tuning in for round two of the NFL playoff pick them challenge you know how the game works if you've been following the show we're going to pick every single game throughout the whole playoffs throughout the super bowl and if you pick the winner you get one point if you pick the winner against the spread you're going to get three points and if you can nail the over under you're going to get two points and we're going to keep a running tally going on that all throughout the playoffs like we said before we got lots of swag here at the show we got stuff to give away if you're listening jump on twitter at dwmod pod and tweet us your own picks and we'll keep a tab of the fans that are rolling in with picks and at the end of the Super Bowl we'll have a little something for you guys that being said those fellas will be joining us in a little while we'll be running down last week's games real quick moving into our picks for the next week but right now I want to just start in with a little bit of Lions talk I don't like to tease a lot about what I'm thinking, where I'm going, what I'm working on right now, because you know we're going to do the big draft special. You know we're going to do the Lions offseason preview. We're going to do all that stuff that we always do. But I do want to say it is huge news for the Detroit Lions that Ben Johnson will be returning as offensive coordinator. He has canceled all his interviews with other teams and said he thinks we have something special here in Detroit and he wants to stick around and see it through. And that is is huge and that plays big into what we were talking about last week with Dan Campbell and how he's running things and how he just understands the room and I fully expect now that Ben Johnson is here we are not interested in taking a quarterback in the first round and we will not take a quarterback in the first round that's my prediction right now I just don't see that happening I mean you got guys like Bugs and uh, Kaminsky and Anzalani coming in and saying that they'll take less money Uh, and just really quickly um just the other week, somebody corrected me that it's Anzalone. And I said, you know, during the Thanksgiving Day game, he had his own little video with his family there, and he said the Anzalone family would like to thank everybody in Lion Nation. So, uh, you know, I think he knows his own name. It's Anzalone. 
Anyway, my point there, those guys came forward and, and they came to the team and said, hey, we're willing to take less money to stay here because they believe in what's going on. And Kaminsky's a guy that at the edge position, you know, he had 30 tackles and four sacks on the season. That's a guy could get paid somewhere else. He could get paid somewhere else to add some depth. Bugs is a guy that had 46 tackles on the interior. Again, another guy that could get paid to be some depth somewhere else. He could get more money, and Anzalani could certainly get more money. That guy is a highly sought-after linebacker. You watched him play this year. He's fast, new-age linebacker, plays sideline to sideline, closes things down, had the huge fourth-and-one stop against the Packers in their own territory that set the tone for that game. He finished the season 125 tackles. I mean, these are guys that are good players that want to stay here and take less money. You do not hear that in sports very often this day and age. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, I'm really excited about what next season holds. But let me say this. I'm extremely disappointed that we didn't get into the playoffs, man, because we had that lightning in the bottle. We really were a team that, you know, take the Lions Kool-Aid blinders off, honestly had a chance to run the table in the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. There's not a doubt in my mind we could have done that. And I think the rest of the NFC knew it as well. Nobody wanted to play us. And when you get that lightning in the bottle and you get hot right at the right moment and you get on that run, that's when you got to capitalize a lot of the times, man. Like that was your window for winning this thing. And I'm not saying our windows closed by any means. I fully expect to be at the front of the NFC predictions going into next season and be at the front of the conference by the time playoffs roll around. I'm just saying I wanted to see that lightning in the bottle get captured and us get into the playoffs, man. Extremely disappointing. You just never know. There's the injury bugs. There's other things that can happen. You just never know when it's going to be that run, and it felt like this was the one, man. But I am excited for next year. I cannot wait. Now let's get into this week's quick hits. So we all heard that the WWE is for sale. And in this week's news, the Detroit Fire and Police Pension Systems are suing Vince McMahon in a lawsuit that they hope will become a class action suit on behalf of all shareholders. And let me break this thing down for you really quickly. What's going on with this? So Vince McMahon was ousted as head of the company uh, last July because it became public knowledge that he had paid around $16 million in hush money to a bunch of women for sexual assault and or sexual harassment claims that dated back to like the early 2000s. Since the company is public, obviously why the police and fire pension are suing, Vince McMahon feels as if he's being pushed out of control in his own company and he wants to have a takeover and sell the damn thing. So here's what he's done. He's used his 81% shareholder stake, and I'm not going to get into explaining how he's 81% shareholder. He just is, okay? He used that power to fire three board members and change some of the bylaws. Then he replaced those board members with a couple of stand-in cronies, and then he went ahead and had enough votes to vote himself back in as president, okay, or CEO, whatever you want to call it. He's head of the company again. And now he wants to push this sales through. And how he thinks he's going to be able to do that is – uh, the television rights uh, are up for WWE in like 2024, so they need to start these negotiations right now for the new television rights, where they're going to land, how much money that's going to be. And, you know, through the grapevine, it's being said that he's threatening to hold up all those negotiations if the board doesn't get together and approve a sale of his choice. And that is where the lawsuit comes in, because they are claiming all this nonsense and tomfoolery is messing with the money. But that's all a bunch of corporate jazz and money and things behind the scenes that we 
you don't understand. But I'm going to tell you this. I bring this up for one reason, okay? In order for the police and fire pension to be this vested in it, that they're the ones at the forefront of this lawsuit, of all the shareholders, they're at the forefront of this. They must have a pretty hefty investment from the pension fund into the WWE. And I bring that point up because all the fellas that laughed me out of the room at the local 344 Detroit Fire Department Union meeting when I proposed back in like 2010 that we buy the Detroit Pistons. Now, I know some of you are there and you remember that. I made that motion. Well, I didn't really make a motion, but I stood up to make the point. How come we're not thinking about buying the Detroit Pistons? It was announced they were for sale, if you remember this, and the Illiches wanted to buy the team because they planned to move them down there with the Red Wings, which ended up happening anyway, but that's irrelevant. They wanted to buy the team. The Pistons had gotten rid of of Tom Wilson. The Illiches hired Tom Wilson because the asking price for the team was like $250 million or something like that at the time, and they wanted Tom Wilson to tell them what's the real numbers on the book, and he came back and said, I don't think it's worth $250 million. So they tried to undercut and made an offer at like 215 or something like that. If my numbers are a little off, it was in that area. And they offered to buy the team, and the Pistons and the whole deal fell through. And I thought it would have been a great investment at the time for the pension fund to buy the team, which I was told at the meeting there is no precedent, Mike, for a pension fund owning a professional team, to which I responded, yeah, there is. The Toronto Teachers Union owned the Toronto Maple Leafs for quite a while back in the day. Um, And then I was told, yeah, but NBA teams don't make money unless they're winning. And right now we're kind of on the downside of that. So they'd just be losing money every single year to which I informed them. Do you know anything about revenue sharing? There's revenue sharing. Do you have any idea what's involved with this deal right here? You're getting palace entertainment. You're getting the palace. You're getting all the parking, the concert venue out there. And I think Meadowbrook Theater was even part of the deal at the time in some way. I was like, you're getting a ton of things outside of basketball to make a ton of money here. This is a steal at $250 million. Instead of buying a property, we should buy the Detroit Pistons. They laughed me out of the room and the team was eventually sold to Tom Gores for right around $300 million. Do you know what the Pistons are worth right now? Forbes magazine has them listed worth $1.9 billion. Teams were $2 billion, guys. We absolutely should have done that. But I guess that was deemed ridiculous, but not less than 10 years later, we've piped a really good chunk of money, obviously, into buying stock in WWE. Okay. All right, man. We should have bought the Pistons. University of Michigan football coach Matt Weiss is in a little bit of hot water right now. Now, he's the co-offensive coordinator, and the U of M police say he may be guilty of a pretty serious crime. They say the incident took place in December, right around the 21st until the 23rd, and they say that somebody at Schembechler Hall accessed the Wi-Fi system and the computer system, the University of Michigan, and somebody accessed other University of Michigan email accounts. So somebody jumped in there and was able to wind through everybody else's email accounts without any observation. And uh, that's a pretty serious crime, man. So I don't have any idea what he would have been doing. I don't know what the purpose of that could have been. I can't even speculate. Maybe he thought he was getting fired which wouldn't really make any sense after the season they had. I really don't know what was going on there, but here's what I do know. I do know that everybody's probably like, well, it's computers in the building. I mean, could have been anybody. Um, 
you know, if it could have been anybody, the story wouldn't be breaking that they've narrowed it down to this guy. I mean, obviously there's some smoke and fire here. I don't know what's going on. This thing seems crazy. We're going to find out sooner or later. While we're on the University of Michigan, let's jump on Jim Harbaugh for a minute. Now, you know I've jumped all over Jimmy Harbaugh on this show, but if you listen to the show, you know before I jumped on him, I was extremely excited, along with my buddy Garrett Fuller, about him taking the job. I mean, I'm the guy with the Captain Comeback Harbaugh Colts jersey in my closet right now. I've got a Michigan Jim Harbaugh jersey. I was a huge fan, but when things started going the way they were going, I was one of those guys that was saying, hey, this has abysmally not worked out. This has been really bad. I also have given him credit in the last two years to turning this thing around, getting away from doing all the rap videos and all the crazy uh, tactics he was using before to recruiting and all that, uh, music videos and whatnot, and getting back to football. And now the team is pretty damn good, and I give him a lot of credit for that. He has done an awesome job on that. He has proven to be the coach we all thought he was. Now, here's what I'm going to do here, though. I'm going to defend him on this NFL thing. Everybody seems pretty upset, and, oh, here we go again, and Jim's trying to get with these NFL teams, and we got to go through this circus every year in January, which is a big recruiting period. It's terrible to be doing this during the recruiting period. Now, let me just defend Jim Harbaugh, okay? It's obviously in his contract that he can opt out for an NFL job whenever he gets a chance to do so. It's also obvious that this guy wants to get back to the NFL. He got to the Super Bowl and lost, man. That's unfinished business, you know. I got to defend the guy on this one. This is when those interviews take place. That's not his choice. He doesn't get to pick when the NFL's firing and hiring. That's happening right now. And he has made it clear that that's what he wants to do. The university seemed fit and fine with it and put it in his contract. So I'm going to defend him on the fact that, yeah, this is going to happen every year at this time. This guy wants to do that. He's going to wait for the right job. He's not going to just take the first one that they throw at him. Obviously, the last couple of years, it's been out there that like he's been a front runner for a couple of these jobs, and he hasn't taken them. So obviously, he hasn't found one that he likes better than Michigan yet. It's not as if he's like running around and cheating on Michigan. He's given a good look at everything, and he's been up front. I mean, if you've agreed to an open relationship, you can't get mad every time somebody's out on another date. So understand what's happening and understand what's going on with the situation here, man. And everybody that's crazy Michigan fans, back off, man. So I guess this might be more of a knock it off. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. Now let me just address some of the GMs around the NFL, man. Can you guys stop it? with overpaying, vastly overpaying for these mid-tier quarterbacks, you are destroying franchises. And this Aaron Rodgers thing is crazy, and I by no means am calling him a mid-tier quarterback, but that's what he looked like this year for $50 million, ain't it? And the Green Bay Packers aren't in the playoffs, and that's just where I'm going to start. I mean, there's a list of guys that are making more money than Patrick Mahomes, okay? Kyler Murray, all right, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, these guys are all making more money than Patrick Mahomes, and Dak Prescott's making just about as much money as Patrick Mahomes. And every one of those franchises linked to those guys I just named are, are decimated by this, with the exception of the Cowboys, but you've seen them. They're up and down, is what it is. 
Now, by all means, you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you pay him. Joey Burrow's coming up on his contract. You're going to pay that guy. You pay Josh Allen. Those guys are the top players in the league. The rest of these guys, I mean, you've heard me before. Kyler Murray put the Cardinals over the barrel, and they are in disarray. The Broncos, Russell Wilson, $49 million. They're screwed moving forward. That guy's no good anymore. Deshaun Watson, $46 million a year. We'll see what that gets the Browns next year. My guess is going to be they still don't even make the playoffs. When you're shelling out that kind of money, you don't have money to spend anywhere else. That's why guys like Tom Brady were never top paid in the league, man. They took lower pay so that they could have a better damn team. And you look at the trend in the league right now, it's a young quarterback on a rookie deal, not spending money at that position is how you're winning the Super Bowl. Look what the 49ers are doing right now with a third-string quarterback. Look what the Dolphins just did this weekend in the playoffs with a third-string quarterback. Like we said before in a different section of this show, a couple of, I don't know, maybe it was last year or so. These kids coming out of high school and college are more ready to play now than ever. You can plug them into a system and they can perform. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl and you shouldn't spend on a quarterback, but I'm saying if, you, if you're not a team that's a front runner for the Super Bowl, you got no business putting that much money into the quarterback position, man. Shit, you can win nine games with a mid-tier quarterback, so go pay one like one. And you notice, like, the great franchises that are good every single year in and out, you can comb over their history and see they've never been saddled with these huge contracts on quarterbacks that they got to try to get out of. I mean, the Steelers, Steelers are always winning, and they had one of the greats of our generation. Ben Roethlisberger's a first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl winner. He's in the top five, if not ten, in a ton of passing categories. That dude's top pay for the vast majority of his good years, $25 million. The Steelers were not getting saddled with that, man. And and look at again what the 49ers are doing this year at the position. And Baltimore, Baltimore's a team that for years they're always good. They're always in the playoffs. They don't get saddled with that money, which is probably the reason they didn't give it to Lamar. Among a host of other reasons we pointed out last week. But I'm just saying, good franchises don't do things like the Arizona Cardinals did and get held over the barrel by a guy that's not that good. They should have walked away from him. GMs, stop this, man. Knock it off. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. And and my last knock it off of the week. Uh, This one, guys, I mean, this one absolutely floored me. And it's about helicopter parents. You know, the ones that are hovering around and manage every aspect of their child's life, even after they fucking grow up. And this particular incident involves a scandal, not so scandal, uh, involved with the U.S. men's national soccer team. Okay, so here's the gist of this. Uh, Gio Reyna, I think his name's pronounced Reyna. Gio Reyna, he's a 20-year-old kid on the team, right? Well, he was told by the coaching staff before the World Cup that he's not going to see as much time as he thought he was going to see. He's going to see minimal time, and that's the way they're moving forward with uh, you know their team's decision and strategy based on how they wanted to attack the tournament. So he got real pouty and real shitty and wasn't practicing hard and was making it known to everybody that this was bullshit, and they came down hard on him for that. And they offered to send him home if he wanted to go home. And they made it public after he made it public. So this spoiled brat's mommy went to the coach like it's Little League or something, man. So his mommy, Danielle Reyna, went to the coach about it. Now listen, here's where it gets good. 
This lady knows all about the level of competition that this kid's involved in because she played for the U.S. women's national team back in the day. I mean, so she knows what's involved here and what it takes. And instead of telling her son, hey, suck it up and work harder and try to get out on the field, she decided that she'd make a play on the current cancel culture that we have. And here's where it gets even better. Turns out, mommy and the U.S. men's national team coach have known each other for a long, long time because the coach is married to mommy's college roommate and best friend. Yes, this woman is best friends with the coach's wife, and they are roommates from college. So here's the deal. Apparently, when they were all in college and 18 years old, they were at a bar, and the coach and his girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife, got into a shouting match. They were drunk, went outside, were fighting with each other, and this guy kicked her in the shins. Not cool. Douche move. Shitty. Not approving of that in any way. We're talking about 18-year-old kids outside a bar who were drunk 30 years ago. Someone got kicked in a leg. She went to him and threatened, I'll expose you for abusing your wife and destroy your career. I mean, they've been married 25 years, four kids. This incident happened 30 years ago, and this wasn't some Ray Rice, Dana White incident. I mean, 18-year-olds outside of drunk and fighting outside a bar verbally, and he kicked her in the legs. I'm not downplaying that. That's bullshit and it's shitty. But this was 30 years ago. He's married to the woman, and they have four kids now, 25 years later. So, you know, in order to save face, hey, this guy got fired. Now, they say he got fired because he hasn't been performing real well, which is probably true. A lot of a lot of sources say he was on his way out anyway, but uh, we don't know that. But now this guy's fired because this mommy brought this whole thing up, and now this guy's wife and kids got to relive this whole thing, all because her bratty little kid wasn't getting some playing time. At what point do we start to shame these people? At what point do we start to shame this lady? Because if you thought it was that serious and it concerned you so much 30 years ago, over the last 30 years, you could have brought this up. Over the last 30 years, you could have exposed this man. You haven't done any of that over the last 30 years. You know why? Because your best friend's married to him and you know your best friend and they're happily married and nothing like that ever happened again and it was a kid's incident and you knew it. When do we start shaming these people for doing this kind of stuff? Please. Oh, my God. What a ridiculous story. Hey, knock it off, Mommy. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. Well, it is that time, guys. It is time to talk NFL football, NFL playoffs. And they're here again with us, Mr. Andy St. Clair and Mr. Anthony Finelli. Welcome back to the show, guys. Oh, how you guys doing, man? Good, man. Good. Good, man. Hey, so last week, some interesting games, right? Some good games, man. They were good. You know, I enjoyed them. You know, uh, what was the best game of the week? Vikings, Giants, maybe? Oh, probably that Jags Chargers game, maybe. Oh, that was a great one. <laughs> yeah, right. Depends what side one. you're on for that one. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's like, that's the funny thing, too, is like all three of us were on that one. Like all <laughs> three of us had Jags covering points winning you know like all of us nail points on that one big time um the first game of the week though 
Seahawks Niners. Like, Andy, yeah. you were all over that one, man. You had it, nailed it. But uh, Anthony and I both were like, that's too many points. Seahawks will keep it close. Wrong. <laughs> First half. First half was close. They were up, man. They were winning. Yeah, 17, they were. Brock Tober got off to a slow start. He did. He got rolling, though. He got rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that just comes down to second half coaching. If you get up that, if you have that, that kind of half, it's got yeah. to, right? Yeah, and talent tends to separate itself as the game goes on. You know what I mean? It was midnight for the Seahawks, no doubt about it. Uh, Bills, Miami. You guys shocked by that one? Yeah, man. It was 17 0. It yeah. should have been. So I was like, I'm going to nail this score at 31 to 3. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, just, it's the Chargers, but obviously they ended up winning. But it's like, what's the difference, really? You know, I mean, the Bills ended up putting up a little bit more points. But still, they they had they had the I mean quote unquote the worst least tested quarterback in the playoffs, right? Third string, a guy yeah. that I mean, how many games did he play this year? Two, two yeah. or three? Probably like one and you a know, half. Just or coming something. in with when Bridgewater would go down, yeah. And it's just yeah. like you let them come back and you let them in the game at home, and yep. it's, I, that was that was the most shocking to me. Like Chargers, Jaguars, you, it's the Chargers. You expect right. them to? Yeah, I didn't expect you know. Trevor Lawrence just be night and day. It's state. Well, he's still there. Uh, I can't believe they didn't fire that guy. Let's talk about that for a quick minute. At the end of that game, I'm as baffled as some other people that the changes that are made are on the offensive side, right? They fired. OC got fired. Yeah. Yeah. The OC gets fired. Like the offense gets nailed for only putting up three points in the second half. They're the fall guys. And what, Everybody on the defensive staff's got to feel like, holy shit, man, let's get out of here before they change their mind, man. Grab your bag. Let's bounce. I mean, Well, it was, you know, it's crazy thing about that game. And, and somebody told me they said it might have been you, Mike. I don't remember. But like they they somebody said in the last half, they they uh, the last two quarters, they threw the ball 25 times and they ran the ball eight times with like Austin it, Eckler. And they also were up like 27 seven at half. Yeah, I, I mean, not only that, they're up twenty-seven, nothing at one point. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. and it's just like it's almost like their game plan didn't change. They kept playing like the game was tied, and it's just. I think we were talking about offline. It's just amazing sometimes. It's clock management or just game management at that point. You take a random twelve-year-old on Madden, and he can run it better sometimes. Oh, yeah. maybe I shouldn't just keep throwing the ball. Maybe just a punt. You know, a, a five-play drive is you know. And taking four minutes off the clock might be more worth it than say three and out because I'm throwing incomplete passes and stopping the clock. It's just that's yeah, that stuff baffles. It, I don't know if it comes down to arrogance on the coaching staff or just I, like I don't know just, what it is, man. But you were dead right on that, and I stole that line uh, for one of my bits about a 12 year old uh, managing <laughs> it better on Madden, and I, because you're dead right about that. How about at the end of the game when they're letting the Chargers run the clock down to three seconds to call timeout so that they make sure it's the last play, and you're sitting on one timeout. And you hold it and then you try to use it after they do to ice the kicker. And it was a 20 yard kick. It was, it was a high school extra point. Like why wouldn't he burn that time out when there was 24 seconds starting to tick down? So you at least get the kickoff back. Right. What's he doing? Yeah. Terrible. You know, man, I was going to say like, you know, it goes, goes back to one of the gambling rules I have had for this year, which is always bet against the chargers when they're the favorites. (laughs) Right, like every week when they were the favorites, I would just bet against them, and it would it would be profitable. And I love betting on the Chargers though when they're dogs. Like there, it would have been Chargers it would have been what like plus three this week if they're at Kansas City plus three and a half. Yeah, we'd all be on the Chargers, and that game would be a nightmare for the Chiefs. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, 
that's a great rule you had. Uh, and you've had another awesome rule that you've been rocking for about three years. We're going to get to in a minute. But I might break that rule though, but I may break that rule to this week. We'll yeah, I think you may. I think you may, but we're gonna see. We'll get to that. But that Bills Dolphins game, man. Now, as shocked as we all were, that's where Anthony pulls ahead a little bit. He takes the Dolphins and the points and he scores some extra points right there. See that, that puts me you right know? in the middle. Now I'm in second. Yeah, but then we go. So we're all pretty close at that point. We go into this Bikes Giants game. And here's where Andy's rule is the golden rule comes into play. Daniel Jones on the road, take him. Right. Always. Always on the road. I, I, especially when he's getting points. It's just free, it's just free money. <laughs> yeah, he, right? He, free money on the road, man. Right. You know, at home, for some reason, when he's, he loses, he doesn't cover. No. On the road, baby, he comes. He brings right? it. I know it. I know it. I mean, some of us had bikes to win, but Giants and the points. And, you know, so that kind of kept everything all even there. And then that Bengals Ravens, I mean, that just wound up being a bad beat for all of us on the spread because it just wound up being a three-way push with that defensive score yeah. at the end. Yeah. And we're all on Bengals there. So, I mean, all pretty even going into that last game, that Monday night game, but that's Tampa Bay killed you guys. Well, so, look at that play when Hubbard took it back. How do they not call a clip? That like, was a clip. Andrews got pushed in the back, and he was going to catch him because Hubbard was started fading left. Andrews was going to at least catch him at like the two he, or three. He, he got pushed in the back, clearly. Yeah. He like, how do you not call that? I don't know, man. Referee's been really I mean, they'll bad. call holds 20 yards on the other side of the play sometimes that have nothing to do with it, but then they miss something. And it's not like anything else was going on unless the refs just weren't back there quick enough, you know? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking at sometimes. And I can tell you that from experience uh, every single weekend on a high school sideline, I'm like, what the hell are you looking at, man? Your right. job is not to watch the quarterback throw the ball. Will you please pay attention to the line? The guys are getting undressed, you know, speaking of that Bosa, I mean that him going nuts after what he perceived to be a hold call there uh, and then cost them the two point conversion, like gave him the two point conversion in the game. Sure. And I, just as an offensive line, defensive line coach, looking back at that play, everybody's going nuts about how that's holding. But I could see how the referee didn't call that at that point in the game. He goes into a spin move. And, you know, I know the guy's got his arm around Bosa, but Bosa's not trying to separate. Bosa's trying to bull rush through him and he's got his back to him. So this guy's hand is around the front, but it's in the plate. He's holding him in the plate around the front. If Bosa just tries to get separation there, he gets the call. But he's almost on the quarterback, so he starts bull rushing. And at that point, that's not a hold. You know, what I mean, right. it's just not. Right. Well, and also he was he was wasn't he saying their their uh, right tackle was uh, was jumping a little bit. Yeah. He, he got that that first half 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 step. But I also like Bosa complained, but it's not like he got in the ref's face. He was like saying it pissed off or angry, walking away. And I, I thought that was a weird. He took his throw. helmet off on the field, though, isn't that? No, the first the first one the first one that you can watch the ref he's walking with him and he throws the flag based on what bosa says oh and i don't know you know yeah, maybe you on high school level that. like I, yeah i hear I you mean, on that you gotta swallow that but the helmet really thing but if you throw your if you throw your helmet and you're off the field though that's nothing right was he on because i know he was like yeah he, he was, did well, both he was on it. yeah yeah <laughs> he was on it how yeah. does that oh, helmet yeah. just not he be was, obliterated was, with that? Yeah, Have you seen was, him in real life? That dude's like – He's a he, big dude. He stands head above other DNs and edges and tackles. It's insane how big that guy is. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude, man. It he seems is. like all year I notice in games that it looks like the, the O-line gets off just a, like a half second early before the snap. They you know? do. And it seems like – they're you know, I, I part of it I think is that 
we're watching the clock on the television, right? But the refs have their own clock that they run. And like, they, you know, that I mean, clearly if the time went out, the refs will know what time, you know, if the scoreboard goes down, the yeah. refs will know the time. So it, while it looks like for us, it looks like that people are getting a little bit of a jump. It may not be that way, you know. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. the same as like with the first downs where that little stripe they put yeah. on TV is. That's not exactly yeah. legitimate. And you're 100% right. If you watch that back judge who's watching that, he's got his eyes down on his wristwatch right. with his arm in the air, letting him know there's like five seconds to go. And right. he's not looking at that play clock. He's looking at his wrist. You and know some of I mean? those some of those refs, they do say like they give you like maybe like a half second bump. It's like a 10 sure. count in boxing. Like it's it's going to vary ref to ref you know just a little bit enough yeah. to make because you see like you're right if you're watching tv like aaron Rodgers, especially how many times he snapped the ball and the like, clock's at zero i know right. and it, it, it depends like you know when it's against the team you're rooting for or you bet on you're like flag you're screaming flag you know yeah here's what i wish they would show that they don't in the nfl is like they do with basketball and shit like show us the tents don't just show it go to zero so yeah. show us ticking down off zero nine you know five, six, five, five, you know what i mean they don't yeah. do that as far as the offensive linemen, like, leaving early, you've been seeing a lot more of that this year. I really think it's because there's been some talk from the offensive side of the ball that because of the neutral zone, you know, the linemen on offense can't move at all or it's offsides. But the defensive guys, they can start getting a jump coming into that neutral zone before they cross it. So they're getting off early. And I think there's been some complaining from the offensive side of the ball, like, then we should be able to get a, that, that little cheat. If, we, if we're if we a little early, let's not be calling that. It right. looks like to me. Yeah, they're they're also calling it seems like a ton of uh, uh, ineligible man down the field this year. Yeah, especially in the last few weeks. I'm fine. I mean, maybe it's just I'm like, but I swear every game I watched this last weekend, I think I saw it called like three times. Yeah, I, I think that I'll tell you where I think that's coming from. I think that's coming from the really good coaches like the Belichicks and stuff that are like the Billy Martins of football. They'll catch all the little stuff like the Pine Tar and George Brett, and <laughs> they'll catch stuff like that. I think it's coming from those. That's just guys. sad. It's like 35 year anniversary or something, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. But I think it's because all these new quarterbacks and the new style of offense in the league is extending the play. So normally right. that play they're trying to run, you know, that that ball is out. But then when it's not, these guys that are good at it, like Mahomes and Allen and stuff, they start running around to make a throw. And now you got guys downfield, and the good coaches are going, "Hey, man." We played that well defensively. That guy's yeah. downfield. You know? Yeah, there, there, there's no continuity with that, and there's so much. There's continuity on the um the pick plays. If you're calling a receiver, like, is it a pick or is he running his route? Like, they got to do something about that in the offseason. Yeah. Like, yeah. just or it's and I'm I'm I come from the defensive backfield, so it's like I sometimes these calls are just like just ridiculous yeah. that don't get called and you can't review those. And those are the biggest swings. you got a 50 yard swing on one play and it's unreviewable. Yep. Right. You know, which is just, that's kind of, I mean, you can't review everything. This is a conversation for another time, but that's <laughs> depending on who you're cheering for. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the most aggravating thing. It's kind of like the, I hate that rule, the PI in college where it's like just 15 yards where I'm like, let's, let's do it like the NFL in college, you know, like, cause these kids, you can just a kid gets blown by, you know, he just tackle him. It's like, hey, it's only 15 yards. Who cares? I, I'm you know? telling you right now, firsthand, that's exactly what they're coached to do. They coach you're like burned you on an out and up, down. Trip him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Maul him, grab him. I don't care. You know what right. I mean? It's, yeah. It's only 15 yards. It doesn't matter. Yep. Know? Yep. Yeah. Hey, my guy, I want to ask you. You did say something, and I wanted to make sure you're not cheating me because you know I've never won this. So because <laughs> I, I, you know I want to win this because I, I don't like that you guys are up on me. 
Now you said we were all on the Bengals, which is not true. Oh no, it's not. You were on the Ravens, sir. That's correct. Okay, okay. Well, I was hoping maybe there you didn't give me a point or two for that. It could bump bump me up in the ratings. <laughs> and well, no, they lost the game, so you were on them to win the game. But they no, no, win. I was on. I was on Bengals to win, Ravens to cover. Yes, and, right. And the other. So maybe oh, give me. I thought. I, okay, you may maybe not. Then I'm sorry. I thought in my text I was looking at from you. I thought you had Ravens. To win. Oh no! There was you, you had the asterisk at the bottom. I'm going to double check that. You might be right. Oh. You have a point coming. Oh, get me up right. there. That might tie yeah. you up with me. But you I know what? Right. Well, now I got to double check think. everything. Yeah, it makes you think I got to go back through the last two years now and start going through the points. Because <laughs> it seems like maybe I've been cheated now. I feel like now I have been cheated. I'm going to be honest with you, math, not my strong suit, but I think you're 100% <laughs> right because you put that little asterisk at the bottom of the yeah, text. It's, it's, it's the only game I had. The only game I had is a cover, not a win. Yeah. You are right. I'm going to look back over that. I might have, I might have skated you a point so we there. we got yes. first place and tied for second. All right. I think I think so. I think so. Right. Good. Yeah, that was all real close going into that last game, and then I just had all three right on the last game. So that just six points is good, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Well, Tommy, we'll B, Tommy B murdered me. Yeah, he was what bad. A dumpster. He was bad. Their team was bad. It was just like then I don't know. Based on that game, and they're talking about what teams are clamoring for him for next year. It's already, like, would you want him at that age? And that right. you know, right. like like the rich. I don't know. Whatever. Like, would you take a young Jared Stidham or would you take a forty-six-year-old Tom Brady if you were the Raiders? Based on what you have today, you know, right. Right. I it don't seems, know. It seems bad. It, you know, the Bucks did a bad job of, of, uh, you know, Dak is bad when he's got to move around a little bit. Yeah. And the Bucks didn't never made him move around. He just got to stand back there and like look like three years ago, Dak, where he just picked him apart, you know, all day. That ball up to CeeDee Lamb. It's just like, how is, how is CeeDee Lamb wide open yeah. up the sideline? I'm like, like jogging to the end zone. Yeah. So what, how, how does a defense do that? Schultz was open all night long. And it's not even like, did you watch film on the Cowboys this year? Have you watched film on the Cowboys since 1973? Cover the tight end. I mean, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, you know, they, they, you know what they were, what the Bucks were, was like a, basically like a four and 13, five and 12 team that just somehow won a couple of games, luckily. And then some, their division was so bad. They won the division. Yep. And so, Hey, they fooled us with Brady, right? We all got kind of enamored a little. I mean, I know I did. I'm like, plus three? Come on, he's coming back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was going to be a storybook ending. Yeah. That's, that's, I got, I got wrapped up in that. Well, yeah. I tell you what, I know this. I know that the Lions could have beat both of those damn teams. So I'm pretty bummed out. But, <laughs> well, this week, man, this week's games, uh, I think it's going to, I think we're all going to be all over the place because these spreads are nutty. These spreads are absolutely nutty out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Andy, I'm going to go to you early on this first game and- because uh, I think this is the game for me where I'm actually starting to learn what you're trying to drill into my head every week that I don't get. The early line on this thing, Jags at KC, it's now at eight and a half. I think today it might even jump up to nine and a half, but for us, yeah. we're doing eight and a half yeah. and the over-under is 53. But earlier in the week, that number on the Jags was six and a half. And it was like, now I need to listen to what Andy's been trying to tell me. Lay off that. They're trying to get you to bet that thing now. And by game time, it's going to be Jags plus 10. So my play on that, according to your school, I'm getting better at this, was mm-hmm. I jumped on KC immediately and teased it down took it and i'll wait till game time when that jags is up to 10 and i'll tease them up to 16 
I'll have it both ways, and this thing's probably going to land in the middle for a double score. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, you know, if you miss the best of the number, and it, the best of the number, I think, depends on what side you're on, right? Like, if you're on the Chiefs to cover, that's six and a half or whatever it opened at, that, that is absolutely the best number. It's only going up, right, from there. Right. So, if you're on the Jags, which I will be, uh, you you got to wait. You wait it out, because what you're hoping is the Chiefs are going to be a very public play. And they, they will be for the next five years of our 10 years of our life, as long as Mahomes is there. Yeah. Uh, so people will start putting money into Kansas City, right? And all at, at today, tomorrow, and so and so. Um, so, yeah. So if you, you're going to try to middle, right? You just need the game basically to finish between zero and 16 or yeah, zero 16 and 15 and a half. And a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you need, you could have, uh, it, I guess you really need the Chiefs to win. Right. You need the Chiefs to win by two, three, four. Yeah. Right? I need the Chiefs to win, to win by both. a field goal. Right. And so I, to win I both. Them both. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is pretty, I think, a pretty fair bet that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, you want, are we, are we moving to the picks? I'll give you my picks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Roll on, bro. You know, I want some, you know, I got brought you guys a few stats. Right. Right? <laughs> I know you guys like these stats. And weather. Uh, oh, by the way, can I say something about uh, the San Francisco weather department? <laughs> Unbelievable that it rained it all perfect, weekend, perfect except day. for the one three-hour time frame. And as soon as I turned that game on and I saw the sun coming through the clouds of that game, I was like, "Holy shit, I'm fucked!" And that yeah. under is screwed, right? If it rains, even even they were saying Coach Carroll was like, "Hope it rains, gonna make it sloppy and low scoring." <laughs> Send oh, yeah. it on television. I was like, "It's supposed to rain." Yeah, it's been raining all week in California for three hours. It doesn't rain. What you a, know what, what it was? Effie. 49ers fans were praying so hard that God shifted his focus from DeMar Hamlin to the 49ers for three hours. Unbelievable. Looked, I couldn't believe it. They I looked couldn't. good in that second half. Uh, uh, hey, guys. All right. So here you go. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, do you guys want to guess in 28 games what Kansas City's record since 2020 against the spread is at home? 28 games total. I'm going to I'm going to guess. Only because you asked the question. So I'll give an honest guess as if I didn't know it's going to be a, a mind-blowing answer. And I would say probably 700. I mean, 28 games, I'm guessing was, probably 20 games. I was going to say like 18 and 10. Yeah. They're 12, 25, and 1. The last – they don't cover at home. They don't cover at home. They don't – they never – they don't cover these big spreads at home. You could bet against them all year. And I'm telling you, they will not cover this line. Now, do I would bet a little bit. I'm taking the Jags plus eight and a half. I'm just waiting to bet on the Jags, right? Just waiting to bet on the Jags. They like I'll wait to see where it lands or where I think it settles. Uh, on these bigger spreads, Kansas City just will barely do enough, and they they've done this all year. Like they'll win by three, they'll win by six, they'll win by seven. It'll be a low scoring game. I want the under. I want the Jags. I want the Chiefs to win outright though. But I would sprinkle some money on the Jags money line. And I, I just think, you know, you, you got to a little bit. You know, here's one more stat for you. in the Because I know we're going to talk about the number one seeds in the next two games. The divisional round has, uh, uh, you know, has been good for the underdogs. Uh, in the last 17 years, last 17 years, so 34 games, the number one seeds against the spread is 12 and 22. 12 and 22. Jeez. So uh, I think you take, I'm, I think the Jags, uh, you know, I think they're going to be, Look, if 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 I'm taking one coach, one game of the current coaches left, I, I I'd have to consider Doug Peterson. I just would. Yeah. Right. It's like I'd maybe consider Reed. 
I consider Peterson. And like, so, you know, I don't know, man. I, I just think the Jags are going to give the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs cover. I, I I hope they win, but I would put a little money on that Jags money line as well. But I'll take the eight and a half. I'll take the under and I'll take Kansas City to win for the contest. All right. I'm a, Note taken. Split pick there. I won't screw up on that one again. <laughs> Anthony, you're up, right? All right. So kind of the same thing. I'm taking the Jags, the points, obviously, no matter where it lands. Are we are we going to go with whatever it's set at? In the yeah, next we're set days? at we're eight, and eight and a half for the show. Right. Yep. That's good. Eight and a half. Still think the Chiefs are going to win, but I am just a fan of Jaguars and the non-quit. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked like I was playing quarterback the first quarter last week. I mean, four picks, Nate Peterman style. And comes back, not only comes back, like, ha- like, did you hear Peterson at, at halftime? I hate the sideline reporting at halftime, but he was so calm. He was like, well, we'll, you know, kind of almost like we're just going to keep playing our game. We'll see where we're at. And man, it yeah. was like w- when you were watching that game, when Lawrence threw the ball, it was almost like, oh, it's completed. And that's just how I watched it. Like, it was almost like his game to lose him. They were down. So, ah, oh, but I can't do it because because of the Chiefs. But I'm still going to take Jags and the points. KC went out right. And can we talk about how crazy these these numbers are? 53, what do we have? For the other ones, almost all 50 when last week they were all like low to mid 40s. Yep. I think this is going to be a shootout. Same way if the Chargers ended up playing the Chiefs. I don't know what it's going to end on, but I'm taking the over. So I'm with Andy, except on the over, I'm taking. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man, uh, both of you guys taking the Jags in a point, and I hear you. And and Andy, I had a question I was going to ask the group about a Chiefs record thing as well. If yeah. I asked you guys, do the Chiefs blow teams out? Like all year long, your perception of the Chiefs, have they been blowing teams out? At, at home, they don't. On the road, they do. Okay. So, That's what I was going to say. They beat yeah. San Francisco by 25 this year at, yeah. in San Francisco. Yep. You know, they beat That's the what Chargers I was say. by three at home. You'd be surprised to find out that half of their wins, seven of them were blowouts and it just, it's deceiving. It doesn't seem that way. It seems like they're always in a close game every week, but mm-hmm. not the case. But to your point at home, different story, but this is the hardest pick of the week against the spread for me. So I don't know, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go that the Jags hurt themselves based on something. Anthony said they're comfortable playing from behind, right? They never think they're out of the game. So they're cool and calm out the gates and the other team can score if they want. And we'll come back and just stay composed. But I think that attitude hurts them this week. You can't do that with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover the spread. And I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say Chiefs get up by more than 10 early. Jags storm back, but they never get back inside of 10. Kansas City 34, Jags 24. Give me the over. Mm. Hey, early on that over. Yeah. You know, a couple props I you may take too. It's like I'll take Christian Kirk over like sixty-eight receiving yards. By the way, against the Chiefs, Fair. and I and I'll probably take um, uh, Smith Schuster over his prop. Just whatever it is. Just I think he's going to be the receiver this week. So this this is an underrated catch of this past weekend. Kirk's touchdown. If you watch that, how he caught that ball. He slows down his route because he knows the DB's trailing him. Slows down his route so there's no way that DB can get in front of him and makes and still gets the catch here when another receiver might like run through it, try to come behind like mm-hmm. this. No, like he slowed down, almost boxed out. And yeah. I was surprised that no one, well, also Dungy doing the game, but they didn't like call that out because that was like masterful what he did to catch that touchdown because that was a hard ball. That was ball was a little bit behind him. I mean he. You go watch it if you haven't watched it. Just like that little intricacy is what got that touchdown. Slowing down so the defense couldn't get in front of him. It was it was an awesome catch. I'm yeah. gonna have to go back awesome and catch. look at that. I'm gonna it have to go cool. back and look. It, I might have missed it. It's yeah, one it of those was, things. It's like it was unrealized to like you know people that are just 
watching real quick. I was I was blown away by that. Also, by the way, I think Etienne's going to have a, a big game receiving. They're going to their little dump offs against the Chiefs. I'm telling you, it's it will not surprise me if it's Jags at someplace next weekend. This is like it's the the Missouri history in me tells me this is it's it's all too obvious, right? We all want Bills Chiefs in Atlanta in a replay, like those sort of things kind of make me nervous for next week. So, right, just, just I'm just saying, if you're betting the Chiefs and with your actual money, be very very careful. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You'd know. You would know. Hey, let's touch on that Dungy thing for just a minute, man. Oh, my <laughs> God. God love the man. But what? Get him off TV, man. Like, that's bad. Yeah. Just, the, there was no – it was so monotone. It was like watching somebody that didn't really understand football. Just like, wow, look at that. Like, that was kind of like the reactions. It was just like – because I'm thinking back to some of the bigger comebacks like – you know, when Baker came back with the Rams and being off the plane and some of these other big ones with, um, uh, and it's just, it was, it was weird watching. And it was like, I don't know. It was, it was kind of disheartening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not comparing the two and I'm not making any kind of fun. I'm just saying the way it made me feel emotionally. Like it felt like when they tried to bring Dick Clark back after a stroke on new year's rock and Eve, you were like, what are you doing? Get this guy off the screen, man. This is sad. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter. I, I think he's something ain't right, or it's supposed to be some kind of comedic uh, count or something. It never used to be. Anyway, he did a tweet this week that said, what's going on in the middle schools? Some of these middle schools are now putting litter boxes in the bathrooms and making the children use litter boxes. And st- And everybody's like, the hell are you talking about? Oh, uh, he's got, he's the guy that forwards emails or also have tw- 10 years of bad luck. He's that guy now. Is that oh, what we're thinking I don't about? know, man. It was like, yeah. Right, hey, yeah. Tony. Tony. <laughs> right. So it's basically me and me in two years. Yeah. He like texts you chains dirty. It's a text, <laughs> and you're like, man, Tony. Okay. Right. Right. You got you got to go to some cool Colts games, so you can't really tell him to fuck off. You're you're yeah. just like, ah, yeah, Tony. Right. Right. <laughs> Calling that game last week. That yeah, was fun, man. That was fun. He and Al seemed bored. Al had a rough year, in my opinion. You oh. know, he was he was stuck with Herbie, who was not great. He missed him. He Al missed Al missed Chris and Al just had a rough year. And Al's timeless. What is that guy like 89 years old, man? And he oh, just he nah, doesn't he's miss like, a beat. He's like 79. Yeah, he's sharp as a tack, man. He he's doesn't great. miss a thing. All right, man. Moving on here. Let's hit it. Giants at Eagles. Another huge spread in what should be a competitive game, I think. But Giants at Eagles. Uh, Eagles are laying seven and a half, and the over-under is 48 and a half points. Anthony. All right. I'm getting swayed by Andy's take of Daniel Jones. Not that much, but he played good last week, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Eagles are going to be kind of my team from here on out. Just so we're all aware of that, but seven and a half is big. It's the third time they're facing each other, which always, I mean, look at the dolphins and bills. I mean, just look what happened there. So I'm going to take giants. Give me the points with the giants Phillies outright. And I'm just telling you guys right now, I'm taking all overs based on last week. I think the Cowboys and Bucks was a fluke. The Cowboys still put up plus 30. So I'm taking all the overs this week. But Giants with the points and Philly to win outright, kind of like the – almost a mirrored pick of the Jags in KC. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Andy, we know where you're at. Oh, no, you're breaking your rule, you're saying. I'm going to break the rule. Uh, by After the way, what I just said? After what I just said with Daniel Jones, and you're breaking your rule. Overs went five and one last week. And I was I was, I was, uh, I was five unders last week. I'm sticking with the unders. Vegas has made the lines go higher, right? They've pushed all these numbers too high. 
because they all got they got the the tar beat out of them last week on the over unders. So uh, look, I, I, Eagles. I, I don't like the half. I, mean, I would I would take the Eagles at seven for sure. Look, I just think the Eagles are better. The 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 Vikings were the 29th ranked defense against the pass, right? 29th. They, that's pretty bad in the 32 team league. The Eagles are second. Danny Dimes is really good, but Danny Dimes is not this good, right? I just I, I like. He's going to play a much better defense. When they played in week 14, the Eagles won 44 to 26, 44 to 20, something like that. Week 18 didn't matter. The Eagles were just trying to survive. The only question I have is, is Hertz's shoulder, right? If it is it hurt or not? If because if he gets re-injured and and you know, what's his name has to come in, is then we're in trouble. But I'm gonna take the Eagles. I'm I'm going to take the seven and a half. I don't know why. I hate it. I just feel like I got to win this thing. And to do it, I got to make some big swings, fellas. <laughs> I'm going to take the Eagles seven and a half. I'm going to take the under and I'm going to, and Eagles win. All right. All right. I'm going to throw a couple of things at you here for me. Okay. The, number one, this thing screams teaser all day. We'd agree on that. Especially this giants number is probably going to creep even as, as we get closer to game time. But here's my thing with the giants, right? They're rolling right now. And like you said, Hurts is hurt. And here's one thing we know about the history of the New York football giants. When they squeak into the football playoffs, they usually go all the way to the damn Super Bowl. And they squeaked in this year. There's no doubt about that. That the key to beating Philly is your run game. You got to control the ball. You got to run the ball. And Daniel Jones is doing that down the stretch better than he's done all year long. If him and Barkley can combine for 150 yards, they're going to win the game. All right, the Eagles offense gets all the credit, but their defense is sneaky, yet streaky, but sneaky good. They're tough, man. But here's the thing. It's tough to beat somebody three times in the same season, right? That's uh-huh. really tough. So I'm going to say, here's my big upset of the week. I'm taking G-Men all the way. I'm taking uh... the Giants on the upset. I'm taking them to win the game. Give me Giants to win. Give me Giants and the points. And I'm going to tell you right now, 27-26, barely hitting the over. Give me a one-point win for the Giants wow. and the over. You know, Mikey, you got you, you to be careful because you might be walking into it, right? Because yep. it's the classic game where we all saw the Giants play last week. We all saw them win on the road and look good. We're punishing the Eagles because they didn't play, because they were resting. So your mentality is, and, and Better's mentality too is, let's ride with the Giants, man. They are hot right now, but the Eagles are just at home. They didn't, they had two weeks rest, almost two and a half because they didn't play week 18 very hard when they beat the Giants by like 30 and when the Giants didn't play anybody. So it's like, I'm just saying like, again, be careful when you be careful. Cause when that score is like Eagles, 28 Giants, six, you're going to be like, Oh my God, my teasers are in trouble. And I'm in big time trouble. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably being sucked into it through lion's glasses right now. Like this team that's caught a little lightning in the bottle coming into the playoffs. They usually will knock somebody off. And it was between this one and the Cowboys for me. And we'll get to that later. But I thought, you know what? I just like the Giants right now, man. I just hey, like I will say but the Eagles have been the most consistent team in the NFL all year. By yeah. far. By far. So it's like hard to, and like you said, Hurts. He's rested, He's even, but you don't know. Like, is he one hit away from Minshew yeah. coming in, or is he is he going to be able to run through it if something comes up? Or do they game plan around that? Quick pat. He's not running. You know what I mean? I think a lot depends on if he hits Smith and and Brown open. Yeah, I know, you know he's a tough kid. From there. Like, that's his mo is that he's a tough kid. But I'm also listening to all these uh, other quarterbacks that played in the league forever that have had that injury, and they all say the same thing about that injury, man. Like. 
he this is real soon to be coming back from that on your throwing shoulder man good luck yeah so. for sure and I, but i also do think it is a little bit of like anybody playing the vikings that beat the vikings in minnesota anybody we would have been like buddy watch out they're gonna beat the eagles and yeah. i'm like no no yeah. no 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 you know like if it was dallas you know if it was tampa you know we'd be like "Ooh, brady's coming to philly man here he comes. We'd yeah. all bet on Tampa. So I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm just saying, just it's it to me, it's like a be cautious. Be cautious. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping for a big upset, man, to give me some points. If not, you guys are for sure to leapfrog me right here. I'm going out on an island here. I'm sticking to my guns. I think it's Giants. Moving on to the next game. This one is the one everybody expects to be the best game of the weekend. Everybody's waiting on this one. Bills, Bengals. Bills are laying five and a half, and the over-under is 48. This thing seems tricky all over. Let's start with Andy. Um, you know, I, I was saying, and I said this last week, and I, I, so it gives an idea where I'm heading this week. Uh, I think I've bet against the Bengals all year. I think there's something like 20 and four against the spread in the last 20, like something crazy like that. I just think, I think they're a little beat up. Personally, I think their line's in trouble. The Bills aren't as good as they were last year. I think that seems a little obvious. I think the I think the Bills squeaking out a game versus Miami was actually turns out it's going to be a good thing. Um, I I think I'm going to take Buffalo and the points. I'm going to take the favorite. I'll take the what did we have at five five and a half something like that. Yeah. Uh, I want to take Buffalo. I'm going to take the under in this game. I I just don't. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I, I just don't know how Cincy gets much done. They just so beat up. They should have lost to the Ravens just straight up last week. Um, also, you know, will I'll I'll know if the Bills are the right side if the Chiefs win. So because destiny will be on our side for a uh, AFC title game in Atlanta, Georgia, which would be I think will be awesome. Like, will be. I want that to happen more than almost the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> like, like it like a Final Four weekend. We should be doing this every year, right? Like a Final Four weekend. You know, different, different. One in Atlanta. Anyway, it seems like a fun idea to me. So yeah. Bills under. And I, I just think it's, I, I kind of feel now I'm kind of turning into it's the Bills year. Yeah. Well, listen, you know who I'm riding here. I'm riding just like I did last year. I, I'm riding with Cincy, man. Give me the dog again. Give me the dog again here. Uh, yeah. Their O-line is beat up. It is. But their O-line's never been good since they drafted Joe Burrow. You know who's good? Joe Burrow. I mean, mm -hmm. he gets sacked more than anybody and still delivers the football. So they call him Joe Cool. I just think after last week's stint with Buffalo and Miami, like everybody's pointing to that Raven-Cincy game as like, oof, look at Cincy last week. I have the same take on Buffalo. Like, oof, look at Buffalo last week. You know, like that game against Miami showed me old Josh Allen is back. He is pressing so hard right now to do everything, be everything, and to win this Super Bowl. And if he doesn't get out of that mode and get back into just managing, not managing the game, he's an electric player. But you know what I'm saying. He has a tendency to get in this pressing too hard mode, and he is in it. And unfortunately, I think this DeMar Hamlin thing more than helping him is going to start hurting him. They're on this giant emotional run, and he's playing too emotional and trying to make every play like he's – got to make it and get it done i just don't think that that's going to happen if since he can keep him pressing he's going to make mistakes that are going to hurt listen give me the cats all the way give me the cats to win the game bengals to win and it's going to be on the final drive they're going to stun bill's mafia and there will not be a table safe in buffalo on sunday night give me cincy 30 to 27 i'm on the over again all right i'm mirroring you mike oh, uh, i i i same thing i 
because I'm a AFC North guy, I hate cheering for the Ravens or the Bengals or anyone else except the Browns. But <laughs> emotional pick. I, I, you know, Hold on, I got to put the go disclaimer back. up. I got to put the <laughs> beep, emotional pick. But on. you can go back to right before Hamlin got hurt. I, you know, obviously that's in football terms that's so long ago. But the Bengals looked like they were rolling that night, and the mm-hmm. Bills. I think I said it last week. Is like Josh Allen is, you know. Aim big, miss big, and he missed big a lot last week. Lots of weird turnovers, and if he gets into that mode again, I don't think I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to pitch themselves back. I think Bills also, like you said, they get into that like, hey, I got to hit digs deep, as opposed to like, hey, let's run this uh, quick little out route with Beasley and get in the end zone. I think they sometimes get away from that game plan and they just play hero ball, as you can say it in football. As much as it, as much as I hate to say that. Because they never really get Singletary or Cook going too much. They kind of will steer clear from that for, for too long. And Bengals O-line, you're right. They've never been great. But the Bengals also have two serviceable backs that can both catch the ball out of the backfield. So how do you combat two bad tackles or whoever you got missing? Just dump it out and see if you can get four to five yards of pop. So, again, I'm going all overs. I'm just getting Cincy to win outright in this. I think that five and a half is nuts. I, I don't know what or why. Like, you can go to the Ravens game, yeah, but it goes back to the, hey, this is the third in-conference game. This is the third time we played this team. We played you a couple weeks ago. Like, so I think you throw that stuff out the window. And you can kind of say the same thing with 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 uh, Dolphins and Bills, right? This is the third time they've played each other. Like, they know. They know tendencies. So I, I don't think the Ra- – or the – excuse me, the Bengals having kind of a stinker against the Ravens is all that, you know – foreshadowing for them having a stinker against the bills. I think they're going to rise. I think Burrow and Allen are both going to gun it out. So I'm taking the over, but I am taking the Bengals to win it outright. This is so it, Andy. With the point. This is it this right is here th- for you, yeah. Andy. You're going <laughs> right to jump us both right here. This is where, this is where uh, Bill's mafia, you know, the bills have won eight in a row. The Bengals have won nine in a row. It's only the sixth time that teams have done that and played each other in the playoffs. Bills have won eight in a row. I think they said eight in a row is what I read somewhere. Holy uh, cow. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I mean, you. T- when was the last time they lost? I mean, they yeah. finished the season 12 and four, you know? Uh, I'd have to look at their schedule real quick. But I do agree with you. The Bengals were going to win, which is what makes it a little confusing about this game being in Buffalo, to be honest. Like, they had the same record. Why Why isn't this at a neutral site, by the way? Seems weird to me. Yep. But uh, I do, I do, I think the main difference, though, is, is it's going to be in Foxborough. Or Foxborough, that'd be great too. I think it's going to be in uh, Orchard Orchard Park, you know, Bay and Buffalo up there. I think that's going to be the thing that Buffalo's going to get a, a shitty touchdown and cover in some way. That way. All right. Hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Last It'll game of the fun. weekend. What's fun that? Game, that's the best game of the weekend. Probably. Yeah, should be you at think, least. You think Buffalo and and Cincy will be the best game of the weekend? I do. I I think that a lot of people are going to be shocked, and I think this next game is going to be the best game of the weekend. I, I think this. the Cowboys Niners is going to be a red hot barn burner. I just do. I, I This game, I probably should have took this one instead of the Giants. I just think this one screams upset coming. I mean, Purdy, too many wins in a row, you know, for a third string quarterback, number one. Uh, Cowboys are one of those streaky teams all year long. They've stunk. And then when they get a hot game, they follow it up with a couple more before they stink again. Um, Look, I, I'm really leaning upset here. I'm leaning upset here. I mean, I, I understand it's Brocktober. I know you love that, man. But I don't know how many, like I said, how many can he win in a row? And and the boys have put together a couple of games in a row that are really, really good. I think they can pull this upset off. Parsons is a great distru- disruptor in a Shanahan-style offense. I mean, he is. And here's the thing that everybody keeps saying on Sports Talk, though, is, yeah, but you're going to line him up where, you know, he's going to have to go against Trent Williams all day. 
And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like Trent Williams has to line up in the same spot every time on offense. Defense has the ability to scheme and move guys around and stunt. He doesn't have to go on Trent Williams all day. And I fully expect they'll move him around to get him away from Trent Williams. And I think he's really going to be a problem, man. I doubt the co- the Cowboys are saying, you know, like, well, listen, man, in the meetings, listen, it's going to be a tough one for you this weekend. Number 11, you're going to have to take on Trent all day. They're not doing that. They're going to get him away from Trent Williams. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, I think the 49ers are in trouble, but can the Cowboys not classically choke that? I don't know about. I, I just think, that's the difference in the game for me right here is it's going to look like the Cowboys are going to pull it off and it's going to be a classic Cowboys choke. Some kind of play kissed by a curse or a shitty missed kick is going to cost them the game. And I'm going to say the 49ers will win it. Give me the 49ers to win, but give me the Cowboys to cover. Give me the Niners 27, 24, and I'm going to take the over. Anthony, you may want me to ride. Hey, right. whoever man i know you're on the over i completely yeah i already got the over completely butchered my cowboys prediction last week so i'm sticking both feet back in the ground still going completely against the cowboys just because they make me angry i'm tired of hearing about them i don't i, I don't they're just not explode i mean regardless of what happened last week they're just not explosive to me like no one really gets going cd lamb he does make some amazing plays, but I've seen him drop simple, simple quarter routes, simple post routes. Like, and unless Pollard and Zeke can get going, if Zach or if Dak has to throw the ball, if they're down and he has to keep throwing the ball, and that that Niners defense is every time if you Stop. they haven't they haven't not shown up, right? Yep. And Brock Purdy is almost just like, yeah, you're expecting him to drop down because he's been on this crazy high, but then it's also like, why? He looks better every week. Why is all of a sudden he going to drop down versus the Cowboys? What are they going to do, or what's Shanahan? not going to be able to plan for. And I think you got McCaffrey and then they just have too many weapons and McCaffrey, Iuk and Samuels is back and looked like he was full go last week. And then you even have Mitchell coming out of backfield. So like they just have too much and I'm still angry at the Cowboys for last week. So I'm putting that force into this. So I'm going 49ers covering um, and taking the over. I do think the Cowboys will get some points because the Niners, if the Niners do what they did this week, like they did at Seattle, the Cowboys will at least come back and put some points on the board to cover that over is what I'm saying. They won't stink it up like Seattle, just flatlined. They'll at least like make it a game in the second half, but Niners covering and the over. Uh, Andy, I can see you nodding your head the whole time. looks like you got a ticket for this train as well, man. Just slice that cake. Go for it. Week 18, Dallas at Washington. Dallas was terrible. Washington is as close in the NFC as you to San Francisco as any team is, right? Defensively. And I'm not saying they're as good as San Francisco. What I am saying is that is that game is going to look very familiar on Sunday. They had, they had Washington has a, a rookie quarterback named Sam Howell. Ran it was a quarterback. Well, he's okay. You know, you know, you might say he's Brock Purdy like, right? He's He's fine. He's not going to hurt you. He moves the ball, throws it well enough, runs around. Dallas could not move the ball in a game. They were trying to win, trying to win. Dak was bad. They got Dak outside of the pocket, which is what San Francisco will do, forcing Dak to make a lot of mistakes. San Francisco is going to win this game. Brocktober is upon us. Every week, Brocktober is here. The Brocktober train will continue to ride into Philly, where I predicted last week, and they will be a favorite in Philly. Brocktober, they got Kittle. You didn't even mention Kittle, Anthony. Kittle's been, yeah. He's been, he was down. He didn't even have to do anything last week, and they almost put up forty. And he had like what two catches? Yeah, and he's been awesome the last he's like three, four weeks. Like mm-hmm. Ebo, 
You, I mean, I don't know, man. I, like oof, even Jennings, point. even Jennings came on. They're third, yeah. who, who only plays half the snaps. They're so great. good. They're just so good. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going under. I think under is maybe my favorite play of the week. Is the under of this game of all the games? Like, I oh, just really? think I just think Dallas is in trouble, right? <laughs> like, you know, I just think they in trouble. Also, it's again we, you know, they went and beat a four and thirteen team, just like the Giants beat the Vikings. Yeah. And they beat a team that we all think is terrible. And we're all like, here comes the Cowboys, baby. Here they come. I'm like, no, no. The spread is, is too low, right? It was three and a half. I'm like, just tease down the, the half, put it San Francisco minus three. Like, they had to at least bump it up to four to cover it. So, I, anyway, I like San Francisco. I like San Francisco to win. And I like the under. I think we're going to get Philly versus San Francisco which is, I think, is all we ever really want in the NFC. And, and I think we'll, we're going to get, I'm not quite sure in the AFC, but I but I think it's going to be Chiefs-Bills on that side. But we'll see. It, it's tough, man, because it's like, how often does that ever really happen? One-two in the AFC and one-two in the NFC. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I just don't, somebody's got to so lose. It's so rare. It is. It is. But I, but I do think that Washington Cowboy game from week 18 is the one to look at right, as what I think the Dallas San Francisco game is going to be like. Yeah. I think it's an excellent point. As you were saying it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's tapped in right there. That's an excellent point, man. Well, listen, there's going to be some good games on this weekend. We know that we're not going to see a lot of blowouts. I do not think, is there any, any one of these games you guys might think off the top of your head, that one's got a possibility of getting away from somebody. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. You think so? Philly, Philly huh? Yeah. Philly, I mean, Philly, when Hertz was healthy in week 14, I looked it up. They won like, you know, 46 to 20. Yeah. Like the Giants tried a bunch of things that didn't work. And like, I, I, I you know, that to me is the one that's going to be a blowout. I'm going to take the cheese on the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think it's midnight for the Jags and this thing might get ugly. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised. The only one I would be surprised if it got to a blowout was Cincy and Buffalo, because that would be shocking either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the other ones, like if the Niners are up three scores, or Phillies up, or the or Chiefs are up, that I wouldn't like be like, oh, that's surprising. I would wait for the final score though. Like if the Chiefs get up by three, Jags will inch their way back, I think. Or mm-hmm. you know, same thing with Philly. You never know. Like the, no one's gonna quit in the play. I'm not saying they're quitting in the regular season, but they're really coming. I, I don't think there's gonna be a blowout though. No, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Chiefs don't blow anybody out at home. So if they blow out the Jags. I would be I would be shocked that that would that would shock. Yeah. Yeah. And for our gamblers out there, uh, as we've been saying, let's just wrap it up and keep it simple for the uh, public betters here. Uh, a lot of the smart plays this week, get in early and cheese the tease the Chiefs down. Right. Get uh-huh. in early and tease the Eagles down. Those seem like some pretty good plays. And Andy and I were talking about probably not a bad bet this weekend to take all four underdogs on the money line. Put five bucks on it, which makes it a $20 bet. And if any of them pair up with a double upset there, you're going to get paid. You're going to get paid. It's going to pay well. And there's some chances this weekend for at least two upsets, I think. Yeah, for sure. You want to you do bet, you know, money line all those dogs. Especially if you're betting the dog, money line, money line that dog too. Yeah. As you know, we did forget too. Do you know when the Jags did play the Chiefs this year at in Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that in my pick. They ended yeah. up losing by 10. 27-17. Yeah, that's what I think it's going to be a similar type of thing. But who knows, man? Who knows? All right, hey, man, I want to thank you guys again for jumping on. This is always fun. I can't wait till next week. We have the championship games going, and this thing will be probably a little clearer at that point when you only have two games on the weekend and then the Super Bowl left. But right now, it's 
it's really tight and we got a lot of variation in picks this weekend it could be knotted up moving into the championship weekend maybe we'll see man we'll see I all right my, i want my point don't forget i know you guys are trying to cheat me out of this title i gotta double check this now yeah gotta figure out it. if i got all mine in fairness, I don't want to have to post it publicly to, to to cover myself. I did tell you guys, hey, double check these points, though, man. That was That's a true. lot of games going through. I'm just going to go through the last two years now. I got to go back. <laughs> uh, now I'm being audited. Now mm-hmm. I'm being NFL playoff pick them audited. Yep. yep, for sure. All right, guys. Hey, man, I'll see you next week again. Thanks next for coming week, on, man. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. See you.